Welcome to the Parenting with Play podcast episode number six. Today we're going to be talking about reward charts and why they're not helpful to your children. But before we dive in, I want to remind you about my new course, Thriving Toddlers. If you want strategies, inspiration and support with your beautiful, vibrant and challenging toddlers, head over to parentingwithplay.com.au slash toddlers to find out more and to sign up. I've got a free five days to better bedtimes with your toddler, which starts this Sunday. And I would love to have you join us. Parentingwithplay.com.au forward slash toddlers. I'm Helena Mooney. And if you're wanting practical, respectful and effective strategies to help transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Okay, I realise this week's episode might be contentious and many people might not like this, but rewards charts are ultimately not helpful for your children. And I really want to recommend the work of Alfie Cohen. He's got many, many books, uh, particularly Unconditional Parenting. He's also got a fantastic um, article online, which is Five Reasons to Stop Saying Good Job. And his work is really, really enlightening about the negative aspects of rewards and false praise and awards in schools and what have you. But today we're just going to look at rewards charts for your children in the home. Okay, there is two seemingly conflicting reasons why rewards charts are unhelpful. The first one is that they don't work. And the second one is that they can work too well. So let's wind back and let's look at why we have reward charts in the first place. What's the purpose of them? So ultimately, is to get our children to do things that we want them to do, generally things that they don't want to do, such as chores or to remind them not to hit their sister or whatever it is. But why do we need to do that? Because there has been a prevailing view for generations that children are essentially bad or sinful, that we're all essentially bad or sinful, and that our children need to be disciplined in order to become loving, respectful and cooperative, i.e. we have to teach them to be good because that's not their inherent nature. So you'll be so familiar with the expression, spare the rod, spoil the child. So that basically when a child does something wrong... They obviously need to learn. We need, they need to te- we need to teach them that that is wrong so that they learn what is right. And we need to use increasingly harsh, harsh punishments until they realize that that behavior is not acceptable so that they ultimately then learn to comply with our demands. So hence smacking, beating in the old days, even exorcisms for tantruming children and women in the old days. So, but fortunately we've moved away, haven't we, from smacking as a deliberate strategy because the research is very clear that smacking is really detrimental to children's emotional health. But so rewards charts are now the sort of favoured method. It seems much more benign, a really positive reinforcement of good behaviour. But this is really just a different side of the same coin. If we don't manipulate or shape or teach our children to be good, that they're ultimately not going to be decent, respectful, loving people. So... What we now can do instead is to view children and human nature in a different way. And 
I love that aware parenting and hand in hands parenting by connection are based upon this. And it doesn't perhaps seem revolutionary, but when you can view children in a different way, it changes everything. So now we can view that children are essentially good and loving and that they have an innate desire to cooperate within their communities, whether that's family or the broader community, say within um, a broader family or at daycare or at school or wherever they are operating within, they have an innate need to cooperate within there. Because if you think about it, their survival depends upon the cooperation of that community. So it is in their nature to cooperate within it. And so now if we look at children, that they are essentially good and loving and cooperative, then we can now be open to the possibility that there must be a reason why they aren't behaving in that way right now. And Patty Whitfield describes it really well by saying that the challenging behavior is off track, i.e., you know, their normal, inherent, beautiful selves are on track, as in they're loving and they're cooperative and everything that I've said. But when they start to be challenging, when they start to be moody and uncooperative and lash out and rude and all of those challenging things that we all do from time to time, that is not the norm. And so when we view it this way, we can then see that our job as parents is not to teach them to be good because they're inherently good. It's not to discipline them that that behavior is unacceptable because they sort of inherently know that it's not acceptable to hit their sister or whatever it is that they're doing. There's something going on, something going on for them that's causing them to do that behavior. So our job, instead of teaching and disciplining and being harsh, is to actually move in and help our children to then come back on track. So not punishing, but helping. And so that's the purpose of this whole podcast is to help you get to the heart of what's going on for your children and to see how you can best help them to then get them back on track to being their gorgeous, normal, gorgeous selves. And the way that we do that is we help them with their emotions. We help them with their needs. We recognize what's really going on for them. We get to the heart of it, help them offload any stress, help them feel reconnected to you. So then they revert back to their gorgeous selves. So that's now let's look at why rewards charts per se are not helpful. So number one, as I said, and these do seem very conflicting things, but bear with me. The number one is that they don't work. So if you have listened to episode two, and if you haven't, I really encourage you to listen to it because that it starts to ex that simply explains what's going on in our children's brains. And it helps to explain why they do the things that they do so that when your child is being difficult, when they're lashing out, they're being mean, uncooperative, rude, whatever it is, their brains literally aren't working well. Their limbic system is stressed, which then causes their rational prefrontal cortex, their logical part of the brain to go offline. So the more stressed they are, the more offline that rational impulse control short term memory goes. So rewards charts work well when your child is thinking well. So when they're not stressed or frustrated or irritated or whatever it is, then they can remember not to hit their sister. And so it can appear that the rewards charts are working well. And so then they get the gold star or whatever it is and then reward at the end of the week because they're they're on track, that they're, they're being they're feeling good and they're behaving really well. But when your child isn't thinking well and when they're lashing out, they completely forget about the rewards charts because one of those things that goes offline is their short term memory, is their forward thinking and their sense of consequences that goes offline. So then they do lash out because they've completely forgotten about the rewards charts. Now, if they happen to manage to remember about the rewards charts, 
their impulse control has also gone offline. So they may not even feel that they can stop themselves from lashing out because they're so overcome with emotions and everything's not working well. So then they're just doing that behavior inherently and they can't help themselves. And that's where they need you to help them. And that's where a rewards chart doesn't help them with what's driving that behavior in the first place. So can you see how rewards charts don't get to the heart of why your child is behaving that way? It doesn't sort of really care why your child is behaving that way. They just It's just purely focused on the outcome of the behavior. And it also doesn't help with what they're actually needing in those challenging moments, which is for you to move in with connection, maybe with some play or help them with upset feelings, maybe see what the needs are that is then driving that challenging behavior. It doesn't take into account any of that. So they don't take into account the, the emotions. They don't foster a sense of connection. They don't actually help your child to behave well. And in fact, when your child then realizes that they're going to miss out on getting the gold star or the reward or whatever it is, it actually compounds the stress and the sense of disconnection that was leading them to do that challenging behavior in the first place. And you might think, well, it's not that harmful to not receive a reward. That's fairly benign. But actually, it can be really upsetting and demoralizing and really demotivating for a child to having that absence of the reward that they're sort of hoping for and wanting because they're not doing the challenging behavior deliberately or manipulatively there's something genuinely going on for them that's leading them to that behavior so then when they don't get that exciting toy whatever it is it can feel really quite crushing and 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 devastating to sound really dramatic, but they can get really upset about it. And so that then compounds the upset feelings, which, as I said, is driving that behavior in the first place. So the other point, reason why rewards charts are detrimental is seemingly conflicting, as in they can work too well. So bear with me. They can shape your child into doing what you want them to do in order to please you and gain the reward. So they learn essentially to comply and focus on the things that are important to you as a parent rather than them, rather than that's what's important to them, which can initially sound fantastic for us as parents, can't it? Because who doesn't want a child that complies? It would make life so much easier, wouldn't it? But is that ultimately what you want for your child? Do you ultimately want them to be this compliant person to, uh, you know, authority figures to follow the agenda set by others to sort of blindly obey rather than to feel their own sense of autonomy, their own sense of agency, to feel respected, to find ways to cooperate, to feel supported, you know, all those really good things, perhaps to challenge authority later on, all those really good things that we really want for our children when they leave home, but that can seem conflicting while they're actually living with us. So we're not here to train dogs and I've got a, I've had a puppy for a year and a half and you know I find myself saying good girl and rewarding with treats and doing all of those things but that's not how I want to treat my children because we want well, I'm sure you do we want to raise children who become autonomous and can stand on their own two feet out in the big wide world who can say no to peer pressure for, um, when they are sort of pressured to do things that they don't want to do. We want them to feel that they can stay true to their own values, don't we? To stand up for what's right and to take on authority when when we feel it's being um, misused or that we don't agree with it. 
So you can see why rewards charts are from a young age are not helpful. And you might think, Helena, you're completely overthinking this. Let's not get dramatic here. You know, I just want my child to pick up after themselves to tidy their bedroom before they go to bed. You know, we're not talking world peace here. But these things are shaped when our children are little. And if we can move away from seeing that we need to manipulate our children in order to be good, then we can we can start to really address things in a really different way that ultimately is going to help your child become more of the person that you ultimately probably want them to be. And by bringing that connection, by moving in and addressing what's going on, you foster then a better relationship with your child that's not based on rewards and awards and that external motivation. Which brings me on to talk about the difference between external, internal and intrinsic motivation. Okay, so rewards charts are external motivation tools to help drive internal motivation. So for example, we might want our children to do their chores regularly without fuss or us nagging them all the time. We want them to become internally motivated to do those jobs that we want them to do. Another example could be that we want our children to read more, for example. We want to help drive their internal motivation to, to read books because most of us want our children to read and it, because we know how helpful it is and how enjoyable it is. So we can think that giving our children that external motivation to read, for example will kickstart their internal desire to read and which can initially appear to be working because um, our children might start to read more once they've been incentivized by us to do so. And actually McDonald's did this in the US. They ran a, an incentive program to reward children for every book that they read and they saw that reading rates, <laughs> reading rates increased. So they thought, oh, brilliant, job done, aren't we fabulous? That was brilliant. The only problem was that when the rewards program ended, the reading stopped. Without the reward, there was no incentive for the children to read. Because where was the praise? Where was the recognition? You know, where's the dopamine hit? What are you going to give me for doing this? And that's where internal motivation is different to intrinsic motivation. So intrinsic motivation is something done for the love of it. What do you love doing that it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It could be that you just love curling up for an afternoon reading a book. It could be that you love flower arranging. It could be that you love just going on beautiful walks because that's something that you really love and nobody else needs to motivate you to do it. And isn't that what we want for our children? We want them to do things that they are intrinsically interested in doing. So we want them to read a book because for the sheer love of getting absorbed into this storyline or because they we want them to be excited about finding out about things in the world that they can find out through reading. We don't want them to necessarily read just because they're going to get a gold star at the end of it. So you can see how that intrinsic motivation, there's a danger that that intrinsic motivation can be eroded by using these external motivators. And that our children, there's a danger that our children can become praise junkies, that they do things in order to receive the praise rather than for the actual love of doing it. Because another thing that they found with that McDonald's reading program was that 
children chose the easiest books to read so that they could claim the rewards faster. It didn't mean that they chose books that they wanted to read or that was perhaps a bit more challenging to read. They just chose the easiest book, the quickest book to get through it to then get the reward. And that's where, you know, external rewards can impair creative thinking, um, experimenting, making mistakes, trying to figure things out, you know, basically innovating, which is a big problem with standardized testing in school, which is a whole different subject altogether. But if we can look at in our own homes, what we want to achieve with our children, and you can see how rewards charts can actually be quite detrimental. Now, you may be going, Helen, this is all great in theory, but how do I get my child to empty the dishwasher in the morning or to stop hitting their sister or to be polite to granny or whatever it is that you're currently struggling with your child? And that's the whole purpose of this podcast is to bring those other things that you can do instead of looking at punishment or looking at this false praise, this um, manipulative way of getting our children to comply. It's about ways that you can genuinely connect with your child, whether that's with play, whether that's being really silly and funny, perhaps before then you want your child to go and do the chore, the job. It's about talking with them and perhaps giving them a list of different jobs that they can do and that they can choose that week. It's about connecting and staying, helping our children with their upset feelings that they may have because, you know, who wants to do really boring chores? But if you can help your children in a connected way to help them with their upset feelings, once they've offloaded them with you, they're going to be much, much more happy, much, much more willing to then go and do something that's necessary so that then you can all go out for the day or whatever it is, however you want to manage it. There are other ways of helping our children comply, not comply, there are other ways of helping our children cooperate and cooperation is very, very different to complying. Cooperation comes from the heart, it's more genuine, it's more of our innate nature. Compliance is where we actually give up our needs to comply to somebody else's needs that ultimately becomes very demoralizing. It sort of leads to that power imbalance which when people feel powerless that often leads to uncooperation and aggressive behavior and moodiness and all those other things so actually by working on the connection helping your children to have that sense of autonomy within the community structure within the family structure is really important helping our children with their upset feelings is super important and it's those things that get to the heart of why your children are behaving in challenging ways or not doing the things that you want them to do and the more ways that you can do that the better and if you can relate it to us as adults now before I even got pregnant I read um, Stephen Covey's seven habits of highly effective people and I loved that book and in it, he talks about how demoralizing awards are in the workplace. And if, and he, he goes into a lot of detail and it's really interesting to read. And then if you apply it to yourself, and I'm going to give an example now, which is very um, gender stereotypical here. So bear with me. But if you think about it, say your male partner has set up a chart for you. And on that chart are a list of things that he wants you to do, such as to put the laundry away, you know, quickly after it's been dried rather than having it lying around the bedroom which is what I do or having dinner on the table by a certain time ensuring the house is kept tidy you know all of those things and then every and then it's up to him to determine whether you've done it 
within the requirements that he's set and then he's it's up to him to give you a gold star or not how would you feel I mean it's a ridiculous scenario in many ways but this is sort of what we're sort of talking about I mean I if that happened to me I'd feel incredibly patronized I'd feel really resentful I'd feel trapped and it can go either way you can either then say well get stuffed I'm not doing this this is ridiculous or you can then go, oh, God, yeah, OK, I need to do this. Oh, God, I haven't done it. And it can set up panic that you haven't done it and you're not going to get that reward. And and I'm going to get told off or I'm not going to get the reward. And oh, my goodness. And that can also lead to anxiety, can't it? So think about how you would feel in that situation. And obviously, as adults, we're there to lead within our families and help our children. But if you can sort of Relate rewards charts to if that was a male partner doing that to you and your reaction, then you can see, you can start to get insight as why it perhaps might not be so helpful with your children. So let's not do that. Let's try and move away from rewards charts. And if it's something that you're doing, completely understand why you're doing it, because there's so much out there about how beneficial rewards charts are. But if you can see how looking at things in a different light having a different motivation for what we want for our children and understanding what actually our children need, you can then start to go, well, actually, I don't think rewards charts are something that I want to do in my family. And then start to incorporate all these other things that we're sharing in this podcast. And you can talk to me directly. I have uh, one-to-one consultations and I have many courses that you can join to help your children with their emotions that are then going to help drive better behavior, more cooperation, less aggression. So I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear if you grew up with rewards charts, perhaps, if you had them as a child, or if you implement them now with your chart, with your children, if you've got any questions, any comments, I would love to hear. So head on over to parentingwithplay.com.au and you can contact me or Parenting with Play with Helena Mooney is my Facebook page. And I would love to talk further with you about this because I realize that it can be a bit contentious and it can be like oh what you're taking that away from me that's something I need but now you can see that actually it might not be as helpful as you think it is and start to uh, start to weave in those other ways that you can help your children to cooperate better to be less aggressive and just to feel more connected with you and to strengthen them whilst they're these little gorgeous, vibrant things at home that's really going to stand them in good stead when they're out in the big world out away from you. All right. Have a great week. And I look forward to chatting with you again next week. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and you can see how you can implement what we talked about today with your children and family. Be sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app to know when each episode is released. And I would love it if you could leave a review and share with your friends. And if you want to shout less and connect more, Head over to parentingwithplay.com.au to download my quick guide of five simple games which you can start playing straight away. You really can transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun. So have a great week and enjoy playing.